I think a lot of people think that the adventure has to be something massive. It does not have to be massive. It has to stretch you. La 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 the things you want to do. La 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 the things you want to do. Hi everyone. I'm Liz Sumner and this is I always wanted to the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? Someday I will heed the call and sail off into the blue. Someday I will bag it all and do the things I want to do. La, 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 the things you want. Hi, everyone. Today's guest, Heather Hanson O'Neill, has tried the kinds of activities that most of us only dream or, or maybe have nightmares about skydiving, rock climbing, public speaking. She makes it her business to help people overcome fear. Each of her experiences has taught her something about herself, and she leads programs to help others find their own insights. I share her belief that opening yourself up to new adventures makes life richer and that stretching yourself to go outside your comfort zone doesn't have to be a huge drastic step. One of the reasons I like living in Italy is that even the most mundane activities like going to the dentist or phoning the plumber can be major accomplishments when you only understand about three quarters of what's being said to you. What does being adventurous mean to you? We're not all meant to mainline adrenaline, but that secret desire you've wanted to try is easier than you think, and achieving it will change your life. Here's the interview. My guest today is Heather Hanson O'Neill. Heather is an international speaker, author, adventurer, and entrepreneur, using her action-packed experience to fire up audiences. She's described herself as an adventure junkie. Welcome, Heather. Hi, thank you so much, Liz. It's great to be here. So when and how did your adventure junkie side originate? Oh, goodness, it's been with me so very long. I can't even remember exactly when it started. I have always been a little bit crazy. I like to push my own boundaries. I don't expect it from other people, but I love it. And what started happening is that when I when I did these adventures, I would learn something really cool about myself or about the world. So I just kept doing it. Were you ever chicken as a little kid and then you pushed yourself or did it just always feel energizing? It, it always felt energizing. However, there are certain adventures that are way easier for me than others. So Whoa. I'm I'm bizarre where I have no problem jumping out of an airplane at 14,000 feet. However, I don't like being in a sensory deprivation tank. So that caused me more fear. You know, so there's everybody's got their thing, right? Everybody has that that point. And I don't want to make it sound like it's easy. It's not easy because that's mm -hmm. that's why I do it is because it's not easy. Um, but I enjoy it, so it makes it worthwhile. What happens to you afterwards after you have accomplished a new adventure? Well, you know, it's always different. 
I always get this this sense of joyfulness, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of peace actually it sounds a little bit bizarre if you're if you're flying on the trapeze and, and you feel peaceful afterward but I do uh, but the biggest thing is that the lessons are always different depending on what I do I learn something else either like I said about myself or about the world and and it's just so fascinating and so I I get spurred to write directly after an adventure because mm-hmm. all kinds of ideas and, and creativity comes through me. And do you publish what you write? I, I do. I have a, a couple of published books and uh, lots of articles and things and blogs, but it's not always about doing it for that. I write to get it out of me mm-hmm. so that I remember the lesson and then sometimes I go back and use it for something else. <laughs> Do you find that you need to increase the level of excitement or adventure in order to, because it's not exciting enough anymore? No, no. You know, and, and that's an excellent question because I can definitely see that. And I know, I know people like that. And so when you do something, there is a little bit of a, oh, I I either want to do it again, or I want to do it better, or I want to go higher, or I want to do this. There might be a little bit of that, but because I like the variety Mm -hmm. of different types of adventures, I'm not feeling this incessant need to perfect the adventure. It's about the um the the comfort zone pushing past the comfort zone more than it is uh becoming a professional rock climber you know that's mm-hmm. and that's fantastic i know there are a lot of people out there that that do that they pick one type of adventure one thing that they do really well and or that they don't yet but they want to and mm-hmm. then they keep doing that and bettering it, but that's not really where I come from with it. It's the experience and the lesson. Interesting. Okay. So tell me some of the highlights. What did you start with? What are some of your favorite things that you have challenged yourself to do? Sure, sure. Okay, let's see. I've got got so many good ones. So, um, well, I would say one of the most fun ones that I have is flying on the trapeze mm. because I learned it in California. I was encouraged to do it as part of a mastermind that I was involved in, and I fell in love with it. I was just like, oh, this is so amazing. But the reason why I pick that one is because that is one of the ones that I have done more um, because there's so many interesting facets of it. And I've actually used flying on the trapeze as a graduation ceremony for an eight-week breaking through fear workshop that I do. And it's so much fun to see people experience the same things that I experienced the first time and to be able to bust through that fear because you can overcome it in one session. It's not like you you have to do anything extraordinary. You're, you don't have to release. You don't have to fly through the air, but just simply 
letting go of the platform and holding on to the bar is big enough for it to be very impactful for people to just simply fly back and forth a little bit. You don't have to go upside down. You don't have to do crazy tricks, but just leaving the platform. And it's very symbolic of, of leaving what we hold so tight to, whether it's a fear or a limitation, a judgment, an assumption, and being able to, once you let go, then you can fly. You know, that's when all the great stuff happens. If you want to fly in your business, if you want to fly in your relationship, there are things that you have to let go of, which is why the trapeze is so much fun for me and such a great exercise to do with other people. Where does one go to fly on a trapeze? <laughs> Where does one acquire a trapeze? Yeah, it's not one of those things that's easy to find, that's for sure. So the first time I did it, I mentioned I was in San Diego. So there is a, a place where they have it there. And then I came back to where I was living at the time, which was Connecticut, and I was seeking. I loved it so much. and like, oh, I want to do this one again. Is there any you know, facilities or any opportunity to do this nearby. And I found in New York City, which was only an hour away from me when I was living in Connecticut, right on Chelsea Pier. So they had a great location. So you could, they had it all set up where when you were flying, it looked like you were flying out over the harbor uh -huh. um, in, in Manhattan. It was so amazing. I loved it. Um, but I will tell you for, for any of your listeners who are thinking, Hmm, that's interesting. You may want to do a little recon because not every city has a trapeze. <laughs> so you would just search for amateur yeah, trapeze, or? trapeze. <laughs> because they have it's it's fascinating. It's far more popular than people think. So there there are places. If there's a circus nearby, uh -huh, there uh -huh. may be a place to fly on the trapeze. Um, if it's a uh, it's a big location where people go for vacations or for like there's there are ones in Club Med or you know the, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you'll find them. It, okay. it just takes a little bit more research than it is to find some of the other adventures. And anything else that a person needs to know ahead of time before mm. trying it? That you can, mm -hmm. that you can definitely do it. Mm -hmm. And that when you do, it's not just the trapeze that you overcome. Mm -hmm. It's whatever mm -hmm. limitation you are feeling or putting upon yourself. Mm -hmm. So, I, I believe that it's a worthwhile adventure. Now, I say you can for anyone who has a limitation that they have inside of their mind. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there may be certain, if there's certain um, disabilities or something that could prevent you from doing it, but they will tell you they're mm -hmm. not going to let you go if you're mm -hmm. going to mm -hmm. harm yourself, right? If you really can't do it. But you have a harness. So even if you can't hold on to the bar. Like, let's say mm -hmm. you slip off of the bar. You're not going to get hurt because you're in a harness mm -hmm. and there's someone there helping and protecting you. And that's the thing is that a lot of times in, in life, we have people that we can turn to to help us if we only recognize that we need to ask right? And so that's like that harness in, in the trapeze or um, if you're, 
you know, there's a lot of other things where adventures can be safer than you expect because mm -hmm. they want to make sure that you leave and that you're not harmed in the process. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not as terrifying as you think, or if it is, it's all inside of your mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, when, when you're doing it, is it easy to, or is it relatively doable to get to the other platform? Or do you swing back and forth and hang there and then fall into the net on purpose? Yes, to the second one. So okay. it, it it is not necessarily easy to get to another platform or to go even back to the one that you came from. You will usually need to release, which is a second element of fear, mm -hmm. okay. to then fall into the net, right? You, you, you're, you're causing yourself to purposely fall. People don't typically like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it is part of the process, you know. And, and the other scary thing is once you've done it more than once and you start to get a little bit better at it and you have mm -hmm. lessons, then you get into a point where you may partner with oh. someone, mm -hmm. right? And they're catching you. Oh, oh. And there's a whole other element of overcoming fear and trust that is associated with that. So the first person you have to learn to trust is yourself. Mm -hmm. And then once you elevate, you need to learn to trust others. So like I said, there's lesson after lesson after lesson mm -hmm. in flying on the trapeze. Wow. And do you get to wear a spangly sequined bathing suit? <laughs> you know, that's a great question because I am a fan of cool costumes. <laughs> but no, not oh. in general. Unless okay. you're unless you're performing in the circus or something, you're, you're probably <laughs> just going to wear, you know, a, a a, a tank and sweatpants. You know, it's not oh, okay. it's not as glamorous as oh, you okay. might think. <laughs> Oh, well. So, okay. <laughs> well, you know what? If you showed up, Liz, if you showed up at the tattoo <laughs> in your spangly, sparkly, beautiful costume, I'm pretty sure they'd let you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Probably do that the second time, maybe. Yeah, the second or third time. <laughs> we'll have more adventures with Heather Hanson O'Neill after the break. Okay, so I know uh, you have many more adventures to tell us about. So what are some of the others? What what was hard for you the, the first time? Oh, well, definitely that sensory deprivation tank. Mm -hmm. um, it was funny because when the person who, there, there were like three or four of us that were doing it at the same time. So there was someone there giving us instructions and I didn't even realize it, but of course you, you can tell a lot about a person from their body language. So apparently I had my arms crossed and I had <laughs> kind of, you know, was thinking into the corner as far away from this person giving me instructions as humanly possible. And, and he said, are, are you okay? You're looking a, a little pale. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I can't even tell you how hard this is for me. Was it mainly claustrophobia that made it hard for you? Or was yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I'm not a fan of being enclosed in spaces. I was stuck in an elevator once in San Francisco <sighs> and I just, I was not happy at all. <laughs> I am 
imagine a lot of people aren't aren't loving it, but I was really not happy. Um, thankfully, mm-hmm. there were some very kind firemen uh, that were trying to extricate me. <laughs> so, so they were, they were talking to me through the door so that I didn't lose my mind. But no, that is definitely something that I just I I don't like the closed in space thing, mm-hmm. but it was important for me to do it as someone who speaks a lot on overcoming mm-hmm. fear. I have to practice what I preach. I can't mm-hmm. just do the easy stuff. I can't just mm-hmm. do the fun stuff. I have to put myself in situations where I understand the feelings that the people that I work with have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was definitely one that was big for me because by the end of the time, I had learned to calm my breathing. I I can't say that I left joyful Mm -hmm. (laughs) with some Mm -hmm. of the other ones, but I definitely left feeling an incredible sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. and and pride. And and I was able to walk just with my head just a little bit higher thinking, you Mm -hmm. know what? Mm -hmm. I can do a lot more than I think I can. Mm Yeah. In the 80s, when I was doing personal growth trainings, there was a a fad of doing firewalking. And Mm -hmm. I never did it, but I wanted to because at the end of the session of firewalking, they handed you a card that said, I have walked on fire. I can do anything. Ah, yes. And that sounded, I, I wanted that, but never did. Right. Oh, Liz, I encourage you to try it if you have the opportunity. Again, I have done that. Mm. And that was scary, too, because it's um, you're not certain that your body's going to listen to your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does. It mm-hmm. does. Because your mind is incredibly powerful, more powerful than we give it credit for. And you're right. You do feel when you finish, you feel like you can do it anything. I love that. The card is awesome. Yeah. Okay. What, what else? Tell us more. Goodness. I don't know. You Let's see. I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples of some of the things that I've done and then you can ask me what you want. Okay. Okay. Um, So learning to rock climb, I Mm -hmm. learned about the importance of team building in jumping out of airplanes. I, I learn about jumping and diving into your life in crazy things like this is, this might be easier for some people in singing as you walk down the street of Manhattan (laughs) and I can't sing. This is why this is important. Uh, (laughs) You, you overcome this fear of self-judgment or the judgment of others. Mm. So the, the adventures, I mentioned that one because I think a lot of people think that when I, when I speak that the adventure has to be something massive. Mm -hmm. It does Mm -hmm. not have to be massive. It has to stretch you. Mm -hmm. So whatever that may be, if the person listening is really uncomfortable in a networking situation um, and they just hate, they're, they're very introverted and they hate when they go to a networking event to start a conversation. Well, that, that, you know, challenging yourself to go and start one conversation is the same for that person 
as it is for me to swim with sharks. Do you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. we have our own circle of our comfort zone. And as long as we are practicing to expand our own comfort circle, it will help contribute to us being able to take advantage of the opportunities that come to us down the road. Because when when we're, it's like building a muscle, right? Mm-hmm. When you're learning how to be a marathon runner, you don't walk out one day and run a marathon. You walk around the block or you run a mile or, you, you know, we, we have to practice. So it's the same thing. I just want people to realize that they don't have to do anything massive in order to achieve massive results with inside them inside of their mind or their heart. Mm-hmm. So let me play devil's advocate for a moment. And mm-hmm. what, what, what's the matter with being comfortable? Mm, okay. Well, you know, we like being comfortable. So a lot, that's an excellent question. You know, we like to be cuddled up on the couch with a blanket, right? We, we like to maybe get into the habit of doing something similar, knowing that we get up and we go to work each day or there's stability in our lives. We like being comfortable. And and I understand that completely. However, if people get to the point in their lives where they sometimes don't recognize that they're they are okay right? Mm-hmm. They're comfortable. They're okay. And so they don't make any changes. However, if they have a desire for more, if they want to live a life that is amazing, if they want to feel the depths of incredible relationships, true connectedness, if they want to expand their capabilities and contribute to their communities or to the world in a massive way, it's going to require you to get uncomfortable, right? And not everybody necessarily wants that. We have our own levels of comfort and desire for contribution or more or joy or whatever it might be. And that's okay. You know, literally I have, I go from being very, when I was growing up, was very judgmental of myself in particular, not so much of other people, but of myself. Like if I couldn't do something, it was very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. But when we release that judgment, and that comes a lot from expanding our comfort zones, right? When we release judgment of self and others, so much can be accomplished because we have within us everything that we need to be able to make an impact on our own lives, on the lives of our children, for our friends, for our companies. And oftentimes we don't even realize it because we're not trying because we're comfortable. When your world starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller, it yeah. life gets awfully dull. It does. I am I'm an extroverted person. I, I'm a I'm a motivational speaker. So I one would think, oh, she's comfortable being around people. 
<laughs> right? And I, and I am in general, I am energized by people. However, with everything that has gone on in the world in the last couple of years and more isolation and doing many keynote presentations virtually, mm-hmm. you gain this inadvertent comfort to staying at home, to being alone, to doing your thing. And even someone as highly extroverted and energized by people as me, I have found that I started to get like, oh, maybe I don't want to go out. Maybe I don't want to do this. And that's when I realized, wow, how hard is this for introverts or for people who, who, you know, don't want to, in general, push their comfort zone? How much is this causing us to increase our loneliness, mm-hmm. our isolation? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I started to realize that everybody is being impacted. And that's why companies are, are focusing so much on mental health now for their employees and providing options for them because, I think it's hitting us all harder than we even realize. Mm-hmm. That's true. For a long time, I'm much better at it now, but for a long time, I didn't always like being alone with myself. Right? Mm. You know, like my thoughts. Um, and so meditation has helped me tremendously with that. And I, mm-hmm. I not only am comfortable with it now, I long for it that those opportunities to reconnect with me and who I am and what I want. But for years, I was very uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. What's a first step in letting go of self-judgment? How do you mm-hmm. begin to do that? Awareness. Mm-hmm. I think that people uh, don't recognize how hard they are on themselves. I mean, they may know a little bit, oh yeah, maybe I'm a little hard on myself. But until you start becoming finely tuned into it and Mm -hmm. aware, and and let me just give you an example, like an exercise that people can do. Mm -hmm. If you take one week, one week, and all you do the first week is become aware of your self-talk. The things Mm -hmm. that you say to yourself inside of your head and start to write some of them down. What happens is you're like, you probably have not, I don't mean you, Liz, but for you in general, people in general will be amazed at how often and how terribly we speak to ourselves. You know, you, you, I've had coaching clients who I've given this example to come back and say, oh my gosh, I called myself names that I would never call an enemy, let alone a friend. And so just that awareness for the first week. And then the second week, you still just doing a a journal, journaling, you know, and, and saying this time, as soon as you start to hear yourself saying something negative, stop it. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Don't do anything else. Just acknowledge and stop. And then the third week, replace. Mm-hmm. So once you, you acknowledge it's happened, you stopped it, and then you, you replace it with something else. So you say, you know what? No, I'm not an idiot. I just made a mistake. What can I learn from this mistake? 
So you're shifting right in the moment of it. And it really does, it seems like something so simple. And it is simple, but it's hard. (laughs) Simple isn't, you know, isn't always easy. Um, But it can completely transform your life. And same thing in a relationship. If you're having trouble in your relationship, if you do something similar, but what you're doing is you're becoming aware of your interactions with that other person and shifting your focus to picking out the things that they're doing right versus the things that bug you, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. not putting the toothpaste cap back on <laughs> instead, you know, whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a shift of focus and we can't shift our focus until we're aware of that inner dialogue. That's beautiful. Good advice. What's next for you? What challenges do you still have to, to conquer? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I, so many, there's so many things that I want to do. Um, but oddly it's not necessarily an adventure. So, um, I've written a couple of books on my own and I just finished a book that, that for the first time I had a co-author and I, it was a wonderful experience, but far more challenging. You know, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to say easy, but it's way easier to write a book when you're the only one doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you mm-hmm. can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're collaborating on something and you have to really listen to the other person and why they think that something's important to either leave in or take out or what the the vision is for the book and the target and all of that stuff, that was its own adventure. And we just finished it. So, so my next adventure that is imminent has to do with you know, finding ways to share the message in a collaboration. My my co-author is amazing. He's 92. Ooh. Yes. So we, you know, it, it's, it's, um, we no longer live in the same state either. Mm-hmm. So it's either helping him with the technology of mm-hmm. doing things like this, mm-hmm. or um, me traveling up there to do something, you know, uh, some television or radio or something up there. And this is just fun for me to discover how we can truly collaborate in a way that provides something of bigger and better value than either of us would have been able to do alone. Mm-hmm. And so that's its own adventure. So that's the next one for me. Um, but I'm always looking for good ideas to to challenge myself. So if you have an idea for me, Liz, something one of your guests have done or something you've always thought of, I'm open to ideas. Oh, did you listen to Jill Heinerth, the cave diver? She takes scuba diving to a whole new level. So oh, you- my goodness. I've done scuba and I've done some some traveling into caverns and things. But that, I think, is, a, like you said, a much deeper, mm-hmm. like a whole new level. Mm-hmm. That sounds scary. That yeah. definitely gives me a little bit of a heart palpitation. <laughs> I yeah. might need, I'm definitely going back and listening to that episode. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So tell us some of the resources that you'd recommend, including your own, of course, for, mm-hmm. for people who want to, to, to learn more. I'd first I'd say that a resource that doesn't really have to do with me necessarily is to pick and choose the people that we spend time with. Mm-hmm. Right? Pick and choose people that challenge you, not the ones who are going to tell you that you're 
you know, oh, it's fine. Let's just stay in. Let's just watch a movie. Let's just whatever. Pick somebody that you know is going to challenge you to learn something new or read something different or listen to something that has a different opinion than you do or who will be willing to say yes when you come up with a crazy idea to try something. Those are some people that you need to maybe add into your life. And Maybe not. Maybe you already have, have done a beautiful, amazing job of picking these people. But I think it's always great to be aware of that. You know, who are we spending time with? And then, so, you know, I have a couple of books, like I mentioned, um, and the new one coming out called Where's the Office? But if anyone wants to reach out to me personally and just ask me a question, I am an open book, literally. And Heather Hanson O'Neill is how you find me. So if anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn or wherever, and you just want to ask me a question, I am happy to answer anything that anyone throws my way. You know, we just have to ask. And I think that that's the other thing is people sometimes find that their comfort zone is also related to, you know, oh, I can't ask that person a, a question, even though I'm I really, I know that they have the answer, or I know that they've done something that I'm really curious about and I want to try, but, oh, they probably wouldn't want to talk to me. What is that? That's that inner dialogue that's holding us back, right? So I figure just ask. Even if they say no, it doesn't hurt physically, you know? So just ask. I, you know, I am always amazed by the incredible people who've, who I've decided, you know, let me just, let me just send them a note, see if they'd be interested in hearing from me. And suddenly we're having an incredible conversation and I've invited them onto my podcast, you know, so just, just try that's what I would just like to say. Just try. That's really brilliant. And and it also relates to that harness you were talking about before. Mm. That we, we have these things. We have the abilities that we just aren't always aware of. Yes, Liz, exactly. Yep. And tell, tell me more about your podcast. So my podcast is called From Fear to Fire, and you can find it anywhere, you know, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of that, um, or on the website, heatherhansononeal.com. And what that is, it is having conversations just like you're doing now, but having conversations with people specific to uh, fears or challenges that they have experienced in their life and what they learned in overcoming them. And there's so much hope that each of my guests, you know, the, the, the bravery that they don't even realize as they're telling the stories in being able to get back up, right? Just mm -hmm. being able to take, continue moving forward during difficulty. And what comes from that is just so inspiring. That's great. And I will put all of your links in the show notes so that people can, oh, thank can you, find Liz. you. Certainly. Anything you'd like to say in conclusion? Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for all you're doing and the messages that you're getting out there in the world. Uh, they're fantastic. And for any of you listeners out there, keep listening to Liz. <laughs> and just remember that, remember what I said earlier, everything you need is already within you. Mm. Just know that you can. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today and, and all of the wisdom that you have shared. Oh, thank you, Liz.
My thanks to Heather Hanson O'Neill. You can find out more about her and her podcast and programs in the show notes. I invite everyone to write and tell me what you've always wanted to try. If you got value from this podcast, please tell your friends and share it on social media or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. I am grateful to all of you who support the show at patreon.com slash alwayswanted. I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening. La 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 la, the things you want to do. La 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 la, the things you want to do. La 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 la, 